Hello and welcome to The Reaction. I am your host this evening, Claire Wilde. Um, we are reacting to Motherwell 1, Celtic 2. And I'm joined by an excellent panel as always, of course. First up, we have Annabelle McDonald. Hi, Annabelle. How are you? Hi, Claire. Um, a bit unwell, so apologies to the listeners if my voice is even more annoying than usual, but still Never. happy to be here. Never. We're delighted that you're here. Um, and Stuart Dugan. Hi, Stuart. Hello, Claire. How are you? Are you well? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Um, it's unfortunate that we've got to talk about this game because I didn't want to think about it ever again, let alone discuss it for an hour, but we are where we are. So the, first, the, first, the first thing he said was like, I didn't like that. I don't want to talk about nah, it. <laughs> but we'll get into it. We're here and we are going to get into it. Um, just let's get your kind of general thoughts first of all. I mean, Stuart, your general thoughts are you didn't like it and you never want to think about it again. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought over the piece that um, I thought we were quite poor tonight. I thought that it was um, a sort of, there were obviously moments of quality uh, and Celtic did dominate the game and deserve to win, but it was all the things that I think are a bit, like all the worst elements of, of Postacoglu's Celtic and just a little bit complacent. A few too many players that were just a bit kind of off it tonight and yeah, not very sharp in the final third, which is a bit uncharacteristic, uh, but it's just like, yeah, I, th I think we rode a luck a wee bit as well. And yeah, just thought that I had a horrible feeling about it from about 60 minutes um, that, that something wasn't going to, that it wasn't going to go our way. Okay. And that that was going to be particularly frustrating given how dominant we had been yeah um did you, had you felt like that before the game kicked off how were you feeling before i, I, I thought it was going to be a, a pedestrian affair i thought that we were just going to manage it quite comfortably uh and i just thought that we were quite sloppy tonight in the main but we can get into the yes we get into the of details that. of all that annabelle what were your general thoughts on the whole game how are you feeling now afterwards and how did you feel well how did you feel first of all before before the game, did you share Stuart's kind of, you know, belief that this would be something that we could turn up and do a, do a job and get the three points? Yeah, I did, to be honest. And being ill, it's certainly what I was hoping for. But um, I, I liked the team, which I know we'll talk about. So I was feeling very confident. And instead, what I received was 90 minutes of dread that I got about, what was it, <laughs> one or two minutes of relief from when we were two goals up, only for that to be immediately taken yeah. away and for the pit in my stomach to somehow get even deeper. And like, sure, I did just have that feeling the whole time of this could go wrong because I also felt there was this weird air of complacency. It's not that I, do, I don't think we were overall that bad, but it was almost like we're just playing the game like it's like they were playing a different game than we were watching. They were just a bit too relaxed and calm for me about a lot of things, whereas I felt that I kind of wished... No, I don't really mean this, but I almost wished for Motherwell to equalise so we would get that sense of urgency we get when we know we need to win the game. Like, why can't we play like that all the time? Yeah, yeah. I know I know exactly what you mean, although when you said that, I sort of felt a bit of horror. I'm yeah. unwell. I'm delirious. I don't <laughs> Are you going to keep playing that card the whole way through this? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you mentioned the lineup there, Annabelle. Um, the lineup was, let me read it out, Hart in goals, of course, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Taylor, O'Reilly, Hatate, Moy, Abada, Jota and Kyogo. Um, Annabelle, start with you, seeing as you mentioned it. Happy with that lineup. We've got CCV and Starfelt back. 
Yeah, as I said, I was absolutely thrilled to see those two names next to each other on the team sheet. Um, and to be fair, like the most positives I have from the game kind of come from the back, which we'll get to. But um, I was also thinking, you know, partly one of the reasons why I thought this would be a pedestrian affair was looking at that front three, Jota, Kyogo, Bada. I was like, that is a high score in front three. We're going to absolutely just destroy Motherwell here and score a million goals. <laughs> so how wrong was I? And also, interestingly, felt bad for Haksabanovic being benched after his double, but at the same time, looking at that front three with the goals they've been scoring, I couldn't really complain. Unfortunately, I was a bit wrong. Um, and yeah, interestingly, no Welsh or Burnaby on the bench. So questions there, but I'm assuming Burnaby's just rested. Not sure about Welsh. Yeah, yeah, definitely some questions to be asked. I'm sure that we'll get into it during the week as well with the agenda and things. But Stuart, did you have... Um, Thoughts on that lineup? Did you share Annabelle's th- sentiments at all? I, I thought it was a strong team. I thought that obviously we ha- we are going to continue to rotate. I know we've only got one game now left before the break, and it was kind of laid out that he was just going to continue to rotate through this period of games, and I think that that's important uh, to do so. So no real complaints in terms of Abada coming in, even though as as Annabelle points out, Haxbanovich was obviously very good at the weekend. Mm-hmm. He was not very good when he came on. I thought, but that's we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> I don't want to just be incredibly negative. Obviously, it's really important that they won first and foremost. That is the we did win. We did get three did. points. Yeah, and they did more than enough to win. Um, but it's just perhaps the manner of it. Uh, and I thought, just back on the lineup, I thought it was really good to see Starfield back and just to get a bit of game time before that break because obviously, if he's he's come in against Madrid but not played with Carter Vickers. And what we want is to kind of get that rhythm back and get him kind of properly up to speed because yeah. he obviously has a little bit of a track record for taking a while to get going. Um, in the main, I thought he was very good tonight. Um, mm-hmm. So great to see them back together and hopefully they can start again on Saturday uh, before the break. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if we get into the game, we keep saying we'll get to that, we'll get to that. Let's get to it. <laughs> Stu, the um, first 10 minutes was, we start, we, we sort of started quite fast. We had a half chance really, really early on. Then they kind of countered with a chance. It was kind of a scrappy first 10 minutes. It felt like it was difficult to see where the game was going a little bit at that point. Yeah, I thought that, and this was kind of, one of my my kind of frustrations with it that we just lacked control uh, and our passing was not quite as sharp as it normally is, not quite as crisp and it's hard to dominate and control a game when when you're playing like that. The chance that they had was good. It was uh, just, you know, it comes very, very early in the game so uh, you can almost forgive um, Kyogo maybe not, maybe being a bit eager with his run, sorry. Uh, and then when you're talking about the the chance that we swapped with them, it was funny because I was almost like daydreaming. I was like, it's good to see Starfield back in. Yeah, good to see him knocking a ball back with Carter Vickers. I was like, saying that it does take him a wee while to get up to, oh my God, he's given the ball away. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, but, you know, that, that happens. And uh, very frustrating from Joe Hart. Like, it seems like there's a bit of a spotlight on Joe Hart now. Um, He's having more sort of errors or moments where he's not been quite as commanding or quite as confident as he was last season. And I think he really needs the break to come uh, and maybe just, you know, ha- like re- regroup essentially. Yeah. Because I thought for that particular one, I don't know why he doesn't just 
come racing it off his line and just 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 empty it. Um, and there was another couple like that where he seems in two minds as to what he should be doing, or he's slow to react, or he's straight up making the wrong decision. Yeah. And I think that will be fine domestically um, over the course of the season, but it's not really the level that we're looking for, I don't no. think. And at that, I say that as a big Joe Hart fan, so hopefully he can regroup and go again for the second half of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's it's interesting where the break's coming and Annabelle as well, just to stay on that, the, the backline bit and Joe Hart, you know, maybe there... Stu kind of alluded to the fact that it's a bit of a confidence thing maybe for Joe Hart that he's in two minds occasionally and he's kind of he's got new, he's with Starfelt coming back in he's had different players in front of him um for the last few games I don't know what your thoughts were on that and that kind of first part of the game where we were struggling to really sort of just instantly put our mark on things yeah, I think on the Joe Hart piece absolutely um you know our our recent Champions League campaign aside generally playing for Celtic as a goalkeeper you're not necessarily going to get that many chances at you so it's maybe silly to assume but it's kind of like they get a bit less practice at those really important moments where you need to be kind of making that call and making the right one and you can definitely see I think you know whereas in the past Joe Hart's been really confident and always seemed to do the right thing well for me anyway I felt like he was really good at that and very much agree that he's now does kind of look like he's in two minds Especially, which is a shame because, you know, we saw that from that amazing uh, Greg Taylor clearance, um, I think the last game. Yeah. He's, he's got those great defenders in behind him where he can kind of make that decision to come out and our defenders know to get to the line if it goes wrong. And I think we actually did have two defenders run into the line behind him for that chance. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of like just make the decision. If it goes wrong, the idea is we're meant to be able to score enough goals to pull it back. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one for him to be losing confidence, you know, with his career and everything. It's just just make the call, man. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the the first the first ten minutes, and I was kind of similar with Starfell as well. I felt he was kind of maybe a bit shaky at times. A couple of passes back to the keeper that I felt like maybe he didn't have to make. Maybe he could have gone more sideways or look for something a bit more progressive but maybe I'm just being harsh but yeah I do think he definitely settled into it beyond that and overall I thought yeah the back line was one of the best things about the game in the end yeah um I I agree with that Stu do you think that Motherwell kept using their arms and hands in the first 20 minutes a little bit yeah (laughs) before we get to the goal (laughs) they are a bit like that um and yeah it was quite a physical game what I, I quite enjoyed though that um there was a few Celtic players kind of giving it back and it was players that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Uh, I really enjoyed Kyogo's booking and it looked like Kyogo really enjoyed <laughs> Kyogo's booking as well. Yeah. And then for all that the the fisticuffs with Hitati and O'Donnell wasn't up to much, I quite like that as those players are now more accustomed to the Scottish game that they're not really allowing themselves to be pushed around. To be fair, Kyogo's a, a dirty wee bastard. He's been at it since day one. Um, <laughs> but it feels like Hitati's got a bit more bite to his game now. Um, but yeah, you know what you're going to get when you go there uh, and you can't really allow teams to, to, to go over you like that, especially when you're evidently not going to get the protection of the referees which we'll talk about as well <laughs> yeah Kyogo's like the smiling assassin isn't he he's all <laughs> go, going around being nice to everyone <laughs> yeah um Kyogo scores our first goal Annabelle do you want to talk us through that because yeah I enjoyed this part. I enjoyed this part of the game <laughs> This was one of my favourite parts of the game, mainly because the Glasgow Celtics scored a goal. Um, yeah, 
Matt O'Reilly had a great run into space. Um, he received the ball and he runs in and he's kind of, I think at that point, into entering the box line with a mother will players right there basically and I'm like oh well he's going to get the ball nicked off him and that's that uh, gets the ball nicked off him says nope and makes an amazing challenge which I'm just like wondering how did we get away with that because normally anytime a Celtic player touches a mother will player they go down they get the free kick or god knows what but no he actually makes the challenge the keeper uh, the referee rather decides it's clean which it is excellent cross across the box and who's waiting there the smiling assassin to Tap it in. Beautiful, well-worked goal. Loved O'Reilly's dig to get the ball back and make sure that cross went in as well. I thought it was great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way he wins that ball back was really great because I thought exactly the same as you. I thought, oh God, here we go. He's lost it again. Um, same for you, Stu. Yeah, I thought that in general, Matt O'Reilly was very good tonight. Uh, I thought he was one of the, the real bright sparks of the performance. And um, I thought that it's just such a great challenge, not only to have the sort of tenacity and the work rate to kind of not give up on it, but it's it's such a clean challenge. Uh, and then to, it looks like he has all the time in the world, but he, he doesn't. He thinks really, really quickly. And it's such a precise ball that Kyogo has just, as you say, a simple tap in. But um, yeah, really, really good. And I sort of felt like we needed a goal then just because it had been a bit scrappy and we did settle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw it was Hamish Carton that, on Twitter that had, had posted this, that that is the 11th time in our 14 league games that Celtic have scored within the first 15 minutes, mm-hmm. which is a really good stat to have. And I think that the, the frustrating thing tonight was that we just didn't go on and make it more comfortable for ourselves. Yeah. But after the goal, I think we did settle a lot more. Speaking of Starfelt and players like that, started to kind of come into the game a bit more. Um, but yeah, really, really good, good goal, and obviously a great time to score it. And just before I come to Annabelle as well, I just wanted to mention we've talked about the backline, the the patient build up from that. It did look like that was some, you know, the the way that that goal was worked from the back as well to get the ball up the field to to eventually what kind of created the goal, Stuart. Yeah, I thought that in general, like obviously we spoke about Starfield having a few kind of dodgy moments at, at the beginning, but. As as the game went on, you saw his passing was really good and also the ease with which him and Carter Vickers were taking the ball out from the back. It's not something that you always see from Jens. You didn't really you see a lot of kind of complacent passing from Jens and you didn't really get that out of Starfield or Carter Vickers tonight. Carter Vickers also had a couple of really nice balls over the top. Yeah. Um and so yeah, it's it's great to have them back. And I think that it'll it'll speed up the play and you know the point that you made about Joe Hart as well. I'm sure having a settled back to centre half so that he's confident and comfortable with will will help him as well. Yeah, um, you said there about the speed, Annabelle. Um, I think having Starfelt in the at the back, he does he plays the ball out much quicker than Gents, doesn't he? He makes decisions much quicker once he has kind of settled into the game. The, his confidence to kind of move the ball forward is it makes a big difference. It feels like it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you can't really, you know, argue with the fact that he's the defender that's been in this team the longest in that back line. You know, he's technically had the most experience of playing in this Celtic team and playing with Ange and his style. So him alongside CCV, um, yeah, it's a perfect combination. You can you can feel that confidence. I think we felt that tonight in that back line. Um, they were so comfortable receiving the ball. And I thought that Motherwell annoyingly 
did quite a good job of pressing us. I felt like whenever we were trying to move forward, they were kind of all over us and really trying to put that pressure on. But just didn't really seem to phase CCV at all at any point. And Star felt, yeah, like I said, maybe it was just my imagination feeling he was a bit shaky in those first 10 minutes. But like you say, he just completely shook it and was was brilliant and calm. And I think we really, really missed that. And it's not to say that there's not potential in Jens. I know we're looking at other potential centre-backs. Um, but there's you just you miss that confidence you miss that experience there's a lot to be said mm-hmm. for experience and at the end of the day they are literally the best back pair in the entire league so so yeah. happy to have them back <laughs> and also Annabelle you know you mentioned that stat there Stuart about you know scoring in the first was it the first 15 minutes first, first 15 yeah. yeah and that you know when we do get those early goals and when we do score first there is something I think obviously across all of football you get that first goal and you you settle down and you're more than likely to go on and win the game especially the Celtic team um it suddenly looked like we were more in control didn't it after we'd scored the goal Uh, yeah very much so I think that on that um scoring early I think it affects how other teams play against us as well because you kind of said that it was a little bit end-to-end and Motherwell were kind of having a go but I think that with Celtic's sort of track record of, of scoring early and, and, and really doing teams, you know, it, it, it must mentally shake players a little bit like, Oh my God, this, that's, that's quite an early goal. Like hopefully this isn't going to be ever, we're going to be on the, the wrong side of a drubbing sort of thing. And yeah. the frustrating thing was that Celtic did come into the game and they controlled the first half. But I just, I honestly cannot think of any real clear cut chances or like any saves that the keeper had to make. And just a lot of times moves were breaking down, sloppy passes or just poor decisions in the final third. I thought Jota looked lively. I thought Kyogo looked lively, but it just wasn't all kind of coming together. There was that moment where Jota was kind of running across and he went to play it to Abada in loads of space and he just put it straight out and yeah. I just kind of felt like that was a little bit of a theme of the night. Um, like I'm, I'm obviously, I was obviously quite negative when we started this and <laughs> um, I'm just kind of marinating on it and it's, it's, it's maybe just an, an off night, but just a little bit frustrating stuff like that. You would expect the place to be a wee bit sharper and a wee bit more switched on because it's really important that we win these last two games before the break. Yeah, I think I'm kind of, I'm marinating on that word complacency that you used earlier, Annabelle. I think I'm just looking at my notes as well, Annabelle, and I'm kind of trying to pick out moments. And it's difficult because we had quite a number of nearly chances and opportunities and things happening that were kind of notable and sort of just didn't turn into anything like Stu was sort of saying there. And even just looking at the notes, the rest of that kind of second half after the goal, even though we looked like we were in control, you know, there was a couple of chances where you think we really should have been making something out of that, but it it just doesn't come off. And what, do you think it is a bit of complacency? Do you think it's a bit of them thinking this is Motherwell midweek, we can do this? And then thinking, I don't know, I'm rambling. Now. Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure. I think looking at my notes, I'm the same. I've got an astonishing number of pages of notes for a game where only three goals were scored I'm not really sure so much of my notes just say like comes to nothing catches it poorly (laughs) ball out of play lose possession like it's just it's exactly like Stuart said so much of the play I feel was breaking down right before where it really mattered you know I think the halftime stats for shots were that we'd had something like six in total only two on target which for us given how clinical we are 
for the listeners, I'm doing the little bunny ears acts there, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not clinical. So we need to be creating a lot more chances than that if we're going to want to score goals out of it. Or we need to get a lot more clinical in front of goal very fast, which I don't think is going to happen immediately. So, yeah, it was it was it was really frustrating to watch. Um, yeah, I feel like some players in particular were a bit more wasteful than they needed to be. I was disappointed to see Jota getting... I feel like Jota was maybe frustrated because I felt in the first half especially I wasn't seeing enough of him on the ball. I felt like a lot of things were kind of going down the right versus the left and he was receiving the ball, I think, getting frustrated and trying to shoot from outside the box, which to be fair, you know, there's only a few players who I'd be like, yeah, you can shoot from there. <laughs> he is he is one of them, to be fair, but obviously nothing came off for him tonight. And similarly, Abada was kind of doing the things that Abada does that annoy me and I think a lot of other people as well where you know if he's not scoring what is he doing and to be fair I did feel like his play was a bit better tonight but still balls just out the park you know misplaced passes I don't I don't know about complacency but I just feel like we were just a little bit too slow and a little bit too sluggish and again I don't want to keep complimenting Motherwell but I felt like they were doing a really good job of reading our game you know they intercepted a lot of our passes where we were just expecting to receive it without really making the effort like and as I love Rio Hatate and I hate the fact that I'm going to say something that's not just a glowing appraisal of how perfect he is but <laughs> there were a few occasions I felt where when he was receiving the ball Normally, I feel like he's got eyes in the back of his head, but a mother will player would just sneak in behind him and nick it out from under his feet. And I'm thinking, well, shouting at the telly, you need to be more aware, be more switched on when receiving the ball because they're reading that pass because it's a long pass. It's not that quick. I think I just wish we'd been a bit more switched on to that, especially because they did it throughout the game as well. They were quite good at reading what we were trying to do. A bit too predictable, maybe. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And I want to come to Stu on that as well and see what you think about it. But I was going to come to you anyway, Annabelle, and ask you about Hatati because I know how much you love him. And I was going to say he was kind of, he was either quiet or kept quiet during the game, wasn't he? And yeah. and it sounds like you think that the Motherwell, that, that the opposition were doing a good job of that, but maybe that... I don't know, I'll come to you, Stu. Do you think he could have done more? Do you think he had a bit of a yeah, quiet game? I, I just thought he was poor tonight, to be honest. I thought there was a few players that, that individually were just poor. Hatati being one of them, and obviously that's disappointing because he has been so good and and has probably had like a higher consistency than than we've seen. Uh, Juranovic, again, I, I didn't really think was very good. I don't think he's had a very good season, and I'm, I'm not convinced that we're going to see much more of him in a Celtic strip, to be honest. Wow. Um, just, just with the World Cup and just with the way that Ange was talking about the windows and stuff, I- implying that players are moving on, yeah. I, I just feel it's got that kind of feel to it, um, and that's fine. I think if if the club have done their due diligence and their scouting, as they say they are, I, I have lots of faith now that they could bring in a right back of quality that could replace Juranovic in that in that interim period. You have Ralston there, but they just need to make it a priority and ideally do the business before. He goes. That's just like a personal opinion um, or a hunch. Um, and then even like consistent performers like Greg Taylor's been so good this season, probably Celtic's best player. And he has that moment where he tries that daft pass and we nearly get caught out with the boy yeah. shooting from the halfway line. Just little things like that, frustrating. Abada, very frustrating. Um, but we had so much in the game. I think that what concerned me slightly was that it reminded me of of the game at the weekend because we were also very dominant in that game and didn't really create or take our chances and you see how easy it is for this Celtic team to end up with their backs against the wall and people play long balls into the box but we're also giving away a lot of free kicks in those frustrating areas uh, that sort of invite pressure on yeah um 
and yeah, it's not not helpful. But I thought that for, in saying that, we still looked very comfortable in the first half. Mm-hmm. It's just that we should have probably been out of sight with that much of the ball and just lacked a bit of quality. Yeah. As we get to half time, the first, the last thing I want to mention because you mentioned it earlier is the little ding dong between Hatati and O'Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> what what was that all about? <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, as will be. One of the themes of the night as well, the, the camera angle wasn't tremendous, so you didn't really get a proper good look at it. Um, but it made me think back to, you know, the teammates things that they do uh, yeah. where they uh, interview each other. The one with Hitati and Maeda, and Maeda's like, he's such a hothead. Like, I've never seen anyone get so angry so quickly. And I'm like, real Hitati, <laughs> really? But apparently that's his thing. So maybe we're starting to see it now come come to the, he's going to boil he's moving it, it from but, the training pitch to yeah bringing it into actual games yeah do you want to see more of that annabelle <laughs> absolutely no more mr nice guy get into them <laughs> um at half time like annabelle what are your thoughts and i guess we, ha- we have we have i don't know i don't think we've been a bit negative about this game we did win it um who d- who had impressed you particularly? Who were you thinking you're happy with? And what did you want to see more of in the second half? What did you want the team talk to consist of in terms of what we what we were going to come out and do second half? I guess I wanted the team talk to be here. Can you score more goals, please? <laughs> um, I wasn't worried at halftime. I was still feeling quite good. I'd kind of, you know, noted that I felt that we'd been a bit sluggish before the goal and we kind of picked things up exactly as Stuart said, but... I hadn't capitalised on it in any way. So I was just thinking, no, they'll get kind of their heads into gear over half time and the goals will come right after. That's kind of where my head was at. Mm-hmm. I was really quite liking uh, Moy at this point. Um, I thought, like normally in the midfield, I'm just raving about Hitati all the time because he's so great. But I thought Moy had a decent kind of first half. Not perfect, still sometimes making these backward passes that make me want to rip my hair out. But yeah. <laughs> overall, I thought he was pinging some really cute wee passes around, quite strong on the ball. Like, I think sometimes Hitati can really easily give up the ball at his feet, like he just gets caught out. Whereas I think Moy, when he's got the ball at his feet, he's quite strong. He's quite good at turning players and kind of getting the ball away quickly. Um, doesn't give up possession too easy, uh, which I like. So, yeah, I was enjoying Moy. I was enjoying the back line. I thought, yeah, I felt quite happy. I was just like, it's that usual thing with Celtic where it's like, right, yeah, we're in control. Just score more goals mm-hmm. and get, get us out of sight. But, yeah. Yeah, this when the second half kicks off, you know, I think Motherwell came out and did look quite lively. They looked like they were kind of coming with a bit more intent and they, they got a couple of really quick corners in the at the beginning of the second half. Then we, Jota had the, another of the shots that he took and it kind of flew past the goal. How do you think we started the second half, Stuart? Uh, well, when you're talking about what, what you wanted to see from them in the second half, <laughs> I wanted them to start with a bit of intensity and 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 a bit more kind of bite about them and I thought the first couple of minutes they were so poor where <laughs> just invited loads of pressure on again corners Motherwell had a couple of chances and it just looks like we were sort of half asleep but then that Jota chance shows that there is there is obviously like a a gap in quality and that Celtic had the players there to to hurt Motherwell and um yeah Jota's un- unfortunate with that chance. Uh, if he takes that, you know, it would be different. But just that this was around the time that I started to feel a bit like, nah, I don't uh. like the way this is going. Like, <laughs> just everything, just everything about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just um, thought we started poorly. In the, but obviously, there was a, a moment of incredible 
quality that came that yes. briefly before some injustice that uh, changed my mind slightly. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- t- first of all, before we get to that incredible moment of quality, Annabelle, there was a challenge on O'Reilly from, I think, Goss, where he just comes in and shoves him over and it just kind of goes without anything. I don't know if, did you pick up on that? I think it was one of the many fouls against us I picked up on that were not picked up on by Willie Collum. But, I mean, um, we were looking at it and we were sat watching it. And we were like, surely that's a red and just nothing happened. And um, we'll talk, we, I mean, maybe we'll talk a bit about the refereeing, but Annabelle, yeah, we, we have, we, we basically get another goal <laughs> and we're all delighted. <laughs> Should we talk about the goal? Because it was incredible. It was an amazing goal. Actually, you talked through the last one. I'm going to get Stuart to talk through this one. Well, it's just, I think it's all about Kyogo. I thought that Kyogo was really, I thought he was really good tonight. And I thought, I think that you're starting to see, he looks more confident, he looks more lively, and he looks more like the player that was causing defenders such hassle last season. He came off at like, what, 60, 65 minutes, but he looked like he was still sprinting around for every single ball and contesting everything. And that's that's kind of where this comes from, where he, he kind of wins the ball back, beats a player. Well, look, like it looks players. like it's going out and he sort of scoops it back in, doesn't it? Yeah, he just does, doesn't give up on it, beats a player and plays this absolutely perfect ball to Jota. Um, and then Jota has time and it's an absolutely wonderful finish. And they flagged fairly quickly after that. But when they showed the first replay, you're looking at it and you're going, that's not offside. That's going to get given. And you're thinking it's probably one of the goals of the season so far just because of what Kyogo does in the build-up. And... It just comes back to this fucking VAR and how frustrating it is because I've seen pictures of it where he looks clearly onside and unless they're going to show you the lines and show you that it is clearly offside, then what is the point in it? And the camera angle that they show with the lines is completely indecipherable. You cannot tell just because of where they've they've shown it from. Yeah, And that's simply not good enough as a product um, to justify the delays that we're getting in the games to justify a decision like that that would change the game. If I'm going to try and give them any credit, I can only assume that perhaps it's like an like a slight bit of Jota's head or hair or something like that that's over the line. If but only he, he is, didn't have such a magnificent mane well, of hair. No, that's it. <laughs> at the moment, by the way, just as a low-key prediction, I think Jota will shave his head at one point and it'll <laughs> wow. be like Morrison did it. There you go. Boom. That's, that's it's a right big statement from Stuart Dugan. <laughs> yeah, maybe not this season, but at some point he will do that. I'm going to make um, a note so we can come back to that. <laughs> yeah, cut, clip that off. Um, yeah, if that's what they're giving it for, you've got to show us that that's what it is because to all intents and purposes, he looks onside and you're not going to stop all of the... Not tinfoil hat, but you know what I mean? Like this cheating in plain sight sort of mentality when it looks so cloak and dagger, like it's it's pretty shocking. Um and I thought in general tonight the application of VR was fucking terrible again. Just the amount of time that it's taken to check goals. Even the the motherwell goal, which we'll come to, it's clearly onside. All the Celtic players are quite happy that it's onside yeah. and want to get the game going again. And I don't know why they're just checking and checking and checking. The same for Maeda's goal. It's clearly onside. What are we doing here? Like, 
it's it's good. We're good to go here, unless they're like desperately looking for a reason that they could possibly give it against us. But then we're getting back to that sort of tinfoil hat sort of uh, thinking. But it was a wonderful bit of quality. It's an absolute travesty that it wasn't a goal. And if it's not a goal, I would like them to show me why. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think aside from the fact that I don't think that it doesn't feel like it's being implemented fairly, I think, Annabelle, the time it's taking, the stop-start nature of it, that's, you know, we had like the second half specifically the VAR checks we're not going to spend too long on it but I think it's worth just lingering on a bit just because we are so early on in it being implemented and these are our first few games of kind of experiencing how this feels for us and how it must feel for the players it's been incredibly frustrating and it's hard not to don your tinfoil hat when a huge part of your team's style of play is you know moving quickly, keeping things going, taking advantage of every second in the game. And yet you have these, frankly, uh, incompetent Masons sat up in that booth thinking, let's just take an extra 30 seconds here to check this goal that was, as Stuart said, clearly on site. Even I spotted it and I've got the attention span of looking at. So (laughs) even I was like, why are they checking this? There's literally no point. It was, he was maybe what, two metres on site. It's just, yeah, it's hard not to think they're doing on purpose. And I think, all right, there's kind of still within that leeway period where they're still learning what they're doing. But I kind of think if we're still seeing things like this, you know, going into the new year, I'd be greatly concerned and I don't really know what the, what recourse we have at that point but you have to I think that's the problem I think it's doing more damage than good at that point if they're going to go on like this it's not helping the game it's actively making it worse and impeding play when the whole idea is it's meant to make it fairer and improve kind of refereeing standards which it absolutely Mm -hmm. isn't and I think that injustice that we witnessed with that excellent goal being ruled off is possibly the only reason that there's a chance I might remember this game after the end of the season but it's only okay. a chance. I don't know. Yeah. I might just forget we'll see. It. I'll, I'll test you when we get there. <laughs> um, um, I feel like the stop start nature of VAR at the moment is actually going to be more damaging for Celtic than some of the decisions. Like if you look at the, mm-hmm. the Hearts handball, Celtic mm-hmm. denied a stonewall penalty and that in itself is a, tra- is a ridiculous decision and, and an injustice and all that. But it's the couple of minutes here and there where Celtic, you see it as like an obvious tactic now when teams play against Celtic, they try and break up play as much as possible. The Motherwell were doing it from like the first minute, like Stephen Kelly's doing it from the first minute. And to now have that extra sort of factor of any sort of decisions, even decisions that don't really merit it, um, or that, that VAR is not being applied in the right way where it, you cannot go back and do something, but they're still going and checking it. That sort of stuff, I think, is really detrimental to us. And that's where you end up seeing these tight games where obviously there's going to come times this season when Celtic are holding on and you end up with five or six minutes of injury time as well. Uh, and I think that that's going to be the the problem. I think that's maybe where we'll get punished yeah. with VAR at some point in the season above and beyond missed calls. I think that's a, I think that's a good shout. I also... Stuart wanted to ask so we we make some subs at this point in with in the sort of we bring off a badder at like 61 minutes and Haxbanovich comes on um in between that and the second lot of subs at 67 minutes Kyogo gets his yellow card which we've already mentioned um at 67 minutes Kyogo and Hatate come off and um Gigi and Turnbull come on what did you make of the subs 
and the timing well, of said subs? I th- I'm kind of okay with the timing. I, I understand that people get frustrated with like the triple subs at like the hour mark or seventy minute mark, but I think it's just uh, a part of the way that they play. If he wants to play with this intensity, you need fresh legs for it. I thought like on an individual basis, I thought Abada was really poor tonight. Uh, again, so I was quite happy to see the back of him. But then I also thought Axabanich was really poor when he came on, so it was a bit of a, a moot point. Um, I also think that when you've only got one game to go before the break and the players are going to have five weeks, I felt like he maybe should have kept Kyogo on, but maybe because he was booked and because he was kind of putting himself about, he thought, you know... Play it safe. Play it safe. Uh Gigi was not very good when he came on either. And um, yeah, just just a little bit sort of typical of the evening. I thought that before he came off, obviously Kyogo gets his booking, but the amount of work he was doing going back the way as well, you, I don't know if he was like trying to get a rise out of people or trying to make something happen, but it felt like he was the only one that was like really putting himself about, O'Reilly as well to a degree, but the fact that he kept seeing Kyogo going as far back as he was to try and make things happen, yeah, I kind of felt like it might have been worthwhile keeping him on for a little bit longer. Even if you, you're you going to take him off anyway, give him another kind of 10, 15 minutes and, and see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, no, no real qualms with the substitutions. I can understand it. Hatati hadn't been great. Um, and you probably need to kind of play Turnbull and to try to play into a wee bit of form as well um, now that you have him as an option. Yeah, absolutely. Annabelle, anything to add to that? Um. Not really. I quite enjoyed the fact that the subs were slightly spaced out, so it was a bit less of a shock to the dynamic than doing all three at once. Um, filled with a little bit of dread seeing Turnbull come on because I already felt like some of the passing was a bit too slow and I do think he's one of our kind of slower players and he's not the best at making use of space and making runs, which I think is where we're getting a lot of success tonight when we were getting it. So I don't really think he did much of anything when he came on other than playing an incredible ball. I believe he played the ball for the second goal, which we'll talk about. Um, and as well, yeah, I was just wanting to see Kyogo go off for the exact reasons that you just talked about. He was great tonight. The amount of times he was coming back and making great defensive actions. Um, and I loved, I loved the booking. Big fan of that. I thought it was great. So yeah, disappointed to see him go off. I kind of assumed though that he made that challenge knowing fine well he'd get booked thinking it's fine I'll probably get taken off with Gigi soon anyway so I'll just yeah. go in and just go for it. So <laughs> yeah overall no complaints and um, was also glad to see the pack of Abada. Great way of putting it. <laughs> um, Annabelle Gigi comes on um, there's a there's a ball that comes across from Jota it's like a guilt edge. That's that's where we should be getting our second goal, right? It's one mm. of those frustrating Georges Giacomacchus moments. Is that the one where... It's like 75 the, minutes. Or yeah, not. the great kind of... Jota made a great run and a great cross and everything. But I think it was that slight deflection off yeah. uh, the Motherwell player in the box that just meant, I think, Gigi had no idea where it was landing. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'm giving I'm him too unfair. much credit. <laughs> I, I don't know maybe I'm being too fair because let's face it I love the man but um, yeah it felt like maybe he thought he knew where the ball was going and then it changes direction but um, that felt like one run like if anyone's going to score that I really would be Gigi and I felt like that was kind of the only really tailor-made chance for him tonight where I was like that should have been it um, yeah a little disappointing I know and if we're, we're all I think probably sharing Stuart's mindset at this point that we're not quite sure what 
where this game is going and we're all a little bit tense and it's very tense and at this point. really wanting some of these chances to be taken they then get a chance to, there's a header that kind of i think it's malt who heads the ball yeah. and it ends up bouncing over the goal yeah that was not um not a great moment um, who was at fault Alan's- for that do you think is is oh. this the one that you're in dispute about no no, no, just in general, um, no, no. Me and Alan are in dispute about the, the red card, which we'll talk okay. about later. Um, yeah, Alan talks about it a lot, about not giving teams oxygen. And I just felt that in not scoring and in not capitalising on all their kind of possession, you are allowing them to build into the game when there's less time left in the game and therefore they have less to lose by just like firing balls forward and just kind of growing confidence. And they just had... If they'd had like a little bit more quality, I think that we would have been punished. And I, I, I messaged one of the group chats saying, I think we're about to get punished here. And then that chance, Joe Hart doesn't know where it is. He's in no man's land. Um, and you are kind of riding your luck at that point. And there was one or two of those or yeah. where you're, you're, you're kind of mounting the number of corners and stuff like that. And the chance for Gigi, I understand that it does take a bit of a kind of deflection, a little touch at the end, but that is his bread and butter. And there's times when he takes chances that look difficult so easily where you're, it just seems like he's just so clinical that it's really frustrating in moments like that when you can finally put the game to bed that he's fluffed his lines. And again, it just sort of built this feeling. But I think by this point, Rangers had scored as well. I was like, right, this, nah, I don't like the way this feels. Like It feels like everything's kind of swinging against us here. Um, and I, I, when you when you asked earlier about how I'd felt going into the game, I had no concerns about going into this game whatsoever. And even up till half half time, I was like, this is a wee bit frustrating, but I'm sure that we're going to score and it's going to be fine. And then it became a real, we really need to get this over the line and being a bit concerned about it and and I was for kind of uh, pretty much up until the second goal I thought we were about to get punished yeah and then all sorts happens um Annabelle more subs 79 minutes Jota and Moy come off Abogad and Maida come on um thoughts on those that's it substitution again makes sense yeah I think so um Jota had a bit of a frustrating game I think and I think the idea will be well, I'm hoping they'll probably play the next game as well or start the next game. But so fair play, rest him. He's not injured. We're doing good for injuries right now. Moy probably just knackered, let's face it. Um, I was excited to see Maida coming on. I think kind of his speed is something we really needed at this point. We needed to kind of get a bit more, like I said earlier, urgency is the word I'm feeling. And I know that we're not um, down or anything at this point, but having just a one goal cushion, we might as well be down because it's just that, I feel like a curse hovering over our head where anything can happen and go wrong at any moment. And that feeling of dread by this point had crept right in. I very much was also thinking like something's going to go wrong. Motherwell are really creeping into this. And exactly as Stuart said as well, you know, you can see teams, you can see it in their eyes. They get like this glint of hope when they know there's only a goal in it against us. And as the timer kind of ticks up, they get more and more kind of aggressive. And it just feels like yeah, something wrong is going to happen any moment now. So, um, yeah, I was hoping that made a speed we can help with that. And, and having Abelgard in that role means we could kind of push O'Reilly up and get a bit more of that kind of yeah. um, expertise up in the middle, especially, like I say, alongside David Turnbull, who I think is a bit slower. It was good to see O'Reilly pushed up to kind of compensate for that. Um, yeah, 
no complaints again. Uh, before we talk about the second goal, do you want to talk about the incident that you are having the uh, debate with, with Alan Edgar? Yeah, it's. I think that's a red card all day. And I, I don't understand what the point of VAR is, if that's going to get checked as quickly as it was as well, when they take <laughs> minutes and minutes to check goals that are clearly onside. And they looked at it for about 15, 20 seconds. It's... I think the, the point, I'm sort of joking that me and Alan were messaging her before this, and Alan was saying, if you actually look at it from a different angle, it's, it doesn't look quite as dangerous a challenge because he's not coming straight through him, he's kind of in front of him. But he's high, he's late, and he's coming in at a hell of a pace. Yeah. And I think that just because he doesn't, you know, break his leg doesn't mean that it's not a dangerous tackle. And he gets booked for it. But how can a VAR look at, back at that and go, ah, that's just a booking? It is, I just find it absolutely baffling. Like, what what are we doing here? Is there a um, if if a yellow is given straight away, do, can they still go back and check it for a red? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, it goes under in the same way that it's like a potential penalty check. It's like a potential red card. The only thing they can't do is go back to a challenge and give a yellow card. So, for example, the one on Gigi at the weekend because they didn't even blow for a foul but checked for a potential red because it wasn't a red. They couldn't give him a yellow, right, even though okay. it was a yellow, and okay. they couldn't give a free kick. So Gigi gets decapitated, but they get a throw in, and that's <laughs> fucking how it is now. So I just thought it was really poor. I thought that's a really dangerous tackle, um, and I feel like with VAR now, if you see that decision could have happened at any point, yeah, prior to the introduction of VAR, and you just go standard of Scottish referee is terrible. That's a really dangerous tackle. Yeah, that but surely this what, is the whole point of having it. <laughs> this is the point. It's for it's for stuff like that. It absolutely is. And maybe I'll see it from a different angle and you know the referees will be vindicated, but I just don't um I just don't think that I will don't be. buy it. <laughs> mm. Um Turnbull, that pass to Maida that results in our second goal, because we've mentioned the Annabelle, you've mentioned him and his maybe lack of speed, but the the pass that he he provides for Maeda is sublime, isn't it? Yeah, sublime is the only word for it, really. Um, I thought it was great because he came from so deep as well, and I felt that he did well to like run with the ball and not kind of panic and immediately make a rub a rubbish short pass as he sometimes likes to do. But no, he, fair play to him. He ran with the ball. He took his time and he saw the run from Maeda and well done to Maeda for making that run. You know, even though it was Turnbull on the ball and made the run anyway. Um, yeah, beautiful pass out to Dyson on the left. Um, and I have to admit, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, Dyson Maeda, one-on-one with the keeper, not going to score. But it was a beautiful <laughs> pass anyway and I really enjoyed the play, the build-up play. Fantastic. But then, no, lo and behold, keeper comes out for it and he, yeah, slots it right past him I thought it was a really great finish from Maida and it's nice to, well it's always nice to see him have like you know a normal goal and not an absolutely insane one where he ends up on the floor or it's like bounced up 30 feet in the air and then gone in yeah yeah it was a really well worked goal and it was what I liked most about it was that it was quick it was urgent and yeah for those 30 seconds after the goal I felt fantastic yeah it was quick it was urgent but it also it looked very deliberate and like the touch that Maida took was very controlled like you said it felt like everyone knew what they were doing everything had worked perfectly Stu anything to add on that yeah I think that uh I know that Turnbull gets a bit of a hard rap and I've kind of felt when I saw him come on in the Champions League that you do see that perhaps the level is is not quite there but I think that 
you know, David Turnbull offered us so much last season, uh, the first half of the season. And I also do think that he has these, the capacity to have these moments of, of exceptional quality. I think he's a talented footballer. Um, maybe just not quite as well rounded as Celtic would need for the standards that we are trying to aspire to. But a wonderful moment of quality from him, which he does have in his locker. And then I thought Maeda did so well. It was sort of like, um, in the Mighty Ducks, the guy that can't stop when he skates, when he finally stops with his first <laughs> touch, when you're like, oh, he's not got a first touch. And then he has a perfect first touch and a fantastic finish. And I think to, to his credit with, uh, Maeda, I think, I'm trying to think what the real low point was, probably the Leipzig, uh, home game. I think that's the one where he balloons the cross into the crowd. Um, Maeda was, was really struggling for confidence and really struggling for form. And I think that when we've seen him the last couple of games, you're starting to see him kind of come back into his best. Uh, and it was clinical and he was dangerous and he can really hurt teams. And it's the break's probably coming at the wrong time, right time for Japan, but wrong time for us for Maeda, just because uh, I think he's been really good recently and was really pleased to see him get his goal. And please see how happy he was with his goal because the I think the Hibs game when he finally got his goal he was just like oh, just like relieved that yeah. more than anything whereas he looks like he's kind of enjoying his football again and, and that's what we want to see yeah, and, and also I thought oh thank god right that's us done now we're out of jail <laughs> this has been unpleasant but at least we've we've got the no, win no 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 <laughs> I did enjoy the way that he kind of has this kind of uh, Annabelle like understated way of looking happy about goals and then he was kind of like just looking across I don't know who he was looking at but he was like winking and being like yeah this is Barry Gallagher that's who he was looking at <laughs> yeah he's not our most expressive player is he just any time I think about him being happy I always think of that cheeky wee laugh he did during was it an interview or something where he went <laughs> that's what I imagine he's doing in his head whenever he scores yeah um, no it was fantastic however we have to talk about the Motherwell goal, Annabelle, sorry. <laughs> um, what, what the hell happened there? Who was at fault? <laughs> I I actually have a note written down, like, who was it that let him go? Um, so they had a free kick, yeah. which I thought was really well worked. It came into the centre from out wide, kind of hit over the top to land, like, right in front of Cole and just kind of, I think it was volleyed in. I wasn't... My, my memory of this is really bad because I was in pure shock, by the way, but I think it was volleyed in by Tierney. Really great finish, great goal. Hate them for it. I think, and does anyone know, I thought it was maybe Gigi that might have let him go in the box. I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's Juranovic that plays him on, though. I think uh, there's someone that doesn't quite get out quick enough. I it's Juranovic it or Taylor, but I think Juranovic. it might be Juranovic. Yeah. Um, and you can see that his foot plays him on side. Uh, but yeah, it just sort of switched off a little bit. It's a really good finish from him. Um, I would need to watch it back because, again, it's Joe Hart is rooted to his spot. And yeah, you need, you need either they, they need to, if your defender's not dealing with it, you can't just sit there and, and, and wait for the shot. You've got to try and narrow the angle in some way. And he doesn't really react very quickly. Um, and yeah, just just sloppy uh, after, you know, finally kind of getting the breakthrough and, and just piling pressure on yourself again. Um, yeah. I would need to see it back, but yeah, sloppy. Yeah, I think I need to see it back as well. And I think you're, I'm probably in the same camp as Annabelle in that when it happened, I just was like, what? Like the fact that it happened overrode like how and what had actually happened because I was thinking, right, what now? And then we have five minutes of 
time added on at the end as well, Stuart. And it's just by this point, it just feels a bit frantic. We've kind of we're getting some chances. We're kind of making some things happen. But I've I've kind of got again like this like the latter part of the first half. I've kind of my notes kind of belie the fact that it was a bit all over the place. There was chances happening and nothing was coming off because you're thinking we just want to kind of you want to see us put our final stamp on this game, don't you? Yeah, I think that it's the one sort of situation where I would have frustrations with quote-unquote Angeball because there was a number of times when Celtic won corners and you want to see them go the full Dembele at Ibrox and just keep the ball in the corner. And I understand that you don't want to sit in, sit deep and invite pressure on, and I wouldn't suggest that Celtic try and play like that. But there was one of the corners pretty much like the 91st minute and O'Reilly and Haksabanovich are standing to take a short corner and then O'Reilly just puts it in the box. I'm like, fuck off, don't do that. <laughs> um, and I think that generally speaking, the players were probably a lot more comfortable playing out those last few minutes than we as fans would have been to watch it. Um, but yeah, like it just really, so. it was an unpleasant few moments. But if if you look back on it, you know, I don't think Motherwell really had any chances after that point. And I think that if anything, we looked probably more likely to score. Um, but yeah, I was just really pleased to get it over the line more than anything. Yeah, that this was, was definitely the part where I was just going, please let this end, please let this yeah. end. Annabelle, were you? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I was on my knees begging for it to just end. And when I saw the five extra minutes, I was like, what have I done, me personally, to to reap this? But I think for me, one of the most frustrating moments of those last kind of seven to eight minutes of the game that I wanted to mention was, I don't have a lot of the build-up noted down here because my notes became next to useless after this point uh, due to the panic setting. Your, your notes um, became frantic in the style of Celtic's play. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was um it was like that um Chairs of Horror episode where they do the shining and you know Marge walks up to the typewriter and it says feeling fine and she's like, Oh and then the lightning flashes and reveals these mad scrawlings all over the wall. That's what my <laughs> notes look like for the last ten minutes of this game, basically. So but what I do have written down and what I do remember was at one point there was some really good play around the box to get the ball in. And I think it was Gigi receives the ball kind of in the middle of the box had an opportunity, missed it, is then surrounded by Motherwell players, like three or four of them. And I think you've got Maida out wide on the left in yeah, about is, a, a million yards of space, perfect to lay off to. And he tries to get the shot off. He turns and tries to get the shot off, which bounces immediately off a Motherwell player. And I'm screaming like, look, I know you want to score. We know you love it. But Maida's right there in a ton of space. What are you doing? So it was a bit decision-making kind of went out the window. And I understand it was a bit of a frantic end, but that really frustrated me. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was very, it was like a, it was a relief when the the whistle went and, you know, at the end of the day, we won the game. Three points. Happy with that. Scores. points in him. Yeah. (laughs) Two, one. We move on to the weekend. Um, As is traditional in these podcasts, Stuart, I'm going to ask you for your man of the match and two point takeaway. What have you got to offer us in that department? Um, So man of the match, I it would be torn between two, but I think I'll give it to Matt O'Reilly over the piece just because he played the full 90. I was going to say Kyogo, but I thought that Matt O'Reilly was very composed uh, to the end. And I thought he was, it was a real moment of quality from him that gave us the goal. I think he's really thriving in that number six position. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when McGregor's back because he he's just, he's like a, 
a really clean, crisp tackler of the ball and um, just a really quality player. I thought thought that he stood out tonight, so I'll say it, Matt O'Reilly. Um, Two-point takeaway would be that Celtic can't, they just can't be complacent. You know, they, they need to, it's it's great having this, like, scoring in the first 15 minutes, but they they just need to try and put games to bed a wee bit earlier because that's now two games in a row where they've made life a little bit harder than it needs to be. And I totally understand that they're now on something like the 13th or the 11th or 12th game of this run of fixtures and the players are probably tired. And to be performing at this level is incredibly impressive, but just need to switch off. Uh, We can't switch off, sorry. Um, Especially at a point in which there's quite a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. on the Rangers team across the city. And then my second point, I will double down on my controversial statement about Juranovic that I don't think I don't think he'll play on Saturday. I don't think we'll see any of the World Cup players play on Saturday. I think that you won't see Moy, Maeda or Juranovic. But depending on what happens at his World Cup, I'm not sure if we'll see him play for Celtic again. I think he's going to go in January. I know there are a couple of games in between the World Cup and January, which is why I won't say that we'll never see him again but I just we shall like, see watch this space really <laughs> we need to do another predictions episode <laughs> yeah that's it my other ones aren't going so well so i'm just trying to um, kick up some new ones <laughs> annabelle how about you um so man of the match i'm also torn between two um my second choice was also kyogo because of you know everything we discussed about his game tonight, I thought he was fantastic. He was all over that pitch, putting in a lot of defensive work, um, doing the pressing up top, and he scored a great goal with um, the assistance of Matthew O'Reilly. But um, I think my man of the match is actually going to have to be uh, Big CCV up at the back. I know I'm very he, glad you said that. <laughs> he's he's great every game, and I think he's becoming one of those like McGregor players where you just expect like an eight and nine out of ten every game, and it's like anything less you'd be shocked, but it never really happens. So we just don't really talk about him. And obviously, we have talked about him, but tonight in particular, I just thought he was excellent at the back, and I don't know if it's having his best pal back up next to him that really brought it out, but. I just thought he was solid. He was so calm on the ball. He also had some really nice kind of nifty little pieces of footwork, which I feel like we don't see from him too often. But, you know, he kind of spun his way around some other well players at the back like it was nothing to him. And some of his passing out from the back as well, his play was really good. I just thought it was a perfect um, centre-back performance from him. And he gives us so much on that back line. And having those two together, I think just helps him as well. So he was my man of the match. Thank you. Just just to interrupt one moment, on on CCV, it is mad to think that people were bulking at paying that money for him in the summer (laughs) because he is, I think that he's by distance the best centre half we've had since Van Dyke. I think he's fantastic. As soon as he stepped on the pitch, I said that he's my player. (laughs) I love that boy. He's, he's, He's fantastic. And he's also really growing it. I think Having the captaincy, albeit for a short period of time while McGregor's out, I think is doing him the world of good as well. And I think he seems in general like quite a shy person, but being given captain responsibilities and now being such an integral part of the team, Cameron Carter-Vickers could knock about teams that are just being promoted or maybe being relegated in the Premiership for the rest of all time. But to be a big player at a big club like Celtic is a huge opportunity for him and he's taken it with both hands. I think he's absolutely essential. I think he's just doing so well. 
Yeah, I just all I, wanted to see. I was going to mention about the kind of how he has taken to that captain's role and how I think the commentary team today were saying like he's a, he was a bit more vocal today that he's he is quite quiet his leadership style and he he feels like a leader even though he doesn't feel like a big huge personality like you said he feels quite mm. shy but it I think he's kind of like that is doing in the world of good having those responsibilities as well as yeah. So someone messaged as well to say that he's in the World Cup squad, so he'll be going to the World Cup with the USA, which is great. Ooh, he is well in the earned. World Cup. Yeah. Um, Annabelle, sorry, we interrupted you. We're going to do your two-point takeaways. No, interruptions to talk about how great CCV is are always welcome. He very much deserves it, and I second everything <laughs> you guys said. Um, yeah, my two-point takeaways. I'm still very bad at these, so apologies. Um, but my first one, I think, is just kind of summarising a lot of what we talked about in in the kind of things breaking down in the final third tonight, I think it's clear that Celtic or this iteration of Celtic we've really got down the dominance and possession aspects of our play. You know, the high number of passing and um, passing accuracy is usually decent. We always dominate games, but this trend of, you know, constant domination with sometimes, you know, where the goals to kind of match that it's starting to get frustrating and games like this is where we kind of have to endure these, um, long periods of stress for no reason when we really should be putting games to bed early. Um, so for me, I just want to know, right, right, we've got the, that part down, but when are we going to kind of sort out the situation in front of goal? And I'd really love to know kind of what's what's going on behind closed doors at the at the training ground to kind of look at that. I assume, you know, we've got a really good team and they're not stupid, but I would love to know a bit more, you know, about what's going on to make sure that we not only dominate games, but we have the goals to kind of show it. And I know that we have had games this season where we've won, you know, like by five goals. It's not to say that that's that's not happening, but I would we just want a bit more consistency in front of goal. And I'm going to use that word again. I'd love to be a bit more clinical. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll move on to that um, now that we've got everything else kind of down. Um, and my second point is just, again, something I said earlier. This is one of these games where it's really easy to be negative about because we had to feel very stressed during it and we had to feel like, you know, things were going to go wrong just because we've seen it happen so many times. But at the end of the day, it's another win. Um, it's another league game one. We've kept the gap, you know, at seven points as we would have liked to. Um, so I do think it's just going to be one of those games where it's very forgetful. I don't think we're really going to have much to say about this game in the future, apart from when we talk about, you know, Jaws goal of the season that wasn't <laughs> um but yeah i'm glad yeah. that celtic ultimately did their job i just wish they didn't make us sweat so much yeah i totally agree uh, but we can stop sweating now we've got the points i've i have actually enjoyed i always kind of feel like these reactions when i do do them i haven't done an awful lot of them but when i do do them it does help me kind of it helps me process guys so thank you for doing that with me um Stuart Dugan, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's been good to, to put it to bed now. I never need to think of it again. You can now go oh, away and never think about this game again. Thanks, guys. Um, Annabelle McDonald also. Yeah, thank you both so much. This has been really cathartic and now I get to also put myself to bed. <laughs> get well soon as well. Thank um, you. I have been your host, Claire Wilde. We've been talking about Celtic's victory against Motherwell 2-1 and we will speak to you very soon. Yeah.